Good evening, and welcome to Turning Back the Clock. I'm your host, Haider Ali, and for today's episode, we shall discuss the Risorgimento in Italy. Before we dissect the subject, though, let us establish some relevant context. The Risorgimento, or simply Italian unification, was a transformative period in modern European history, responsible for ending centuries of interregional conflict and conquests. Inspired by the French Revolution's philosophy of liberty and nationhood, and propelled by events such as the Congress of Vienna, the Risorgimento was conceptualized to liberate the Italian peninsula from all foreign powers and unite the Italian people under one flag. During the movement, however, the merits and feasibility of unification were often brought into question. A provoking instance of this is Giuseppe Garibaldi's Expedition of the Thousand. This expedition was conceived by Italian nationalists of Garibaldian thought with the intent of eliminating Bourbon presence from the Italian peninsula and bringing the south, then known as the Kingdom of Two Sicilies, under the House of Savoy. This is what has traditionally been said anyway. As mentioned prior to this, the merits of this unification process were subject to question. That is to say, Garibaldi's expedition was not necessarily perceived as the accounts of popular culture suggest. The matter gained significant traction following the rise of socialism in late 19th century Italy, when individuals, primarily those who diverged from the liberal ideology which Italy was supposedly unified upon, began articulating arguments that Garibaldi's expedition was not heroic, but rather lamentable in the context of the southern question. An idea, based on the ill treatment of the south, that the south was subjugated by the north during Risorgimento. Thus we, modern historians, arrive at a crossroad between the fable of the Risorgimento and a damning account of the Risorgimento, and so faced with this divide in historical perspectives, we shall beg of the situation. Towards the southern question, to what extent did Giuseppe Garibaldi's Expedition of the Thousand cast the Risorgimento as a movement of northern Italian regionalism rather than pan-Italian unification? Now, for a dissection of the subject. I have thus far mentioned two perspectives, so now I will detail the first one, the Marxist one. This view holds that the Expedition of the Thousand was indeed a movement designed to subjugate the South rather than unify Italy. Though Jerry Baldi was criticized by many of his contemporaries as the Expedition of the Thousand began, his unthinkable success eventually eclipsed any issues which existed within this project, and so the tides of history remember him as a hero. This was in the practical interest of the newly formed Italy as well. Having a universal figure to rally around was but to the socio-political benefit of politicians. However, as socialism began to permeate the Italian intelligentsia, and the sufferings of the southern Italians became more and more prominent, especially around the rule of Francesco Crispi, whose policies both socially and economically harmed southern Italians, the southern question was raised, and with it, Garibaldi's supposed heroism in freeing the south was rendered fraught with doubt. For a deeper understanding of this perspective, Antonio Gramsci's prison notebooks will be consulted. The secondary source recounts many events in Italian history, including the Risorgimento. For our purposes, the source is quite valuable, in regards to its content, it engages extensively with other sources from many contrasting viewpoints, allowing for historians such as ourselves to be exposed to a holistic picture of the southern Italian plight within a broader examination of the Risorgimento. In particular regard to Garibaldi's expedition, Gramsci also opens an avenue which was never opened before him, the cost of the insurrections that Garibaldi prompted. Despite this, the source does have certain limitations which necessitate caution before accepting Gramsci's arguments. Gramsci, being a Marxist, was inherently positioned against the continued dominance of monarchical and bourgeois figures following the Risorgimento. He was certainly biased towards a reading which casted the layman as excluded from any supposed benefits of Italian unification. Equally, his purpose for writing is based on refutation. His book is heavily laced with rhetorical language, evident through periodic uses of ad hominem, and is prone to distorting the significance of certain events, such as giving extensive coverage to Garibaldi's supposed failings and minimizing his successes. Gramsci thus misconstrues reality to his favor. All that said, Gramsci does make notable comments on Garibaldi's expedition. 
As stated before, he calls for a closer study of the insurrections raised against the Bourbons in southern Italy, and the ruthlessness with which they were addressed. In doing so, Gramsci effectively suggests that Garibaldi's expedition had little regard for the southern Italians which had besieged to revolt, happily using them to weaken the Bourbons through attrition, before entering the fray itself. After making this note, Gramsci corroborates the mistreatment of southern Italians with references to how politically motivated brigandry in the south was mercilessly dealt with, with thousands upon thousands of military forces, and how the socio-economic policies of uh, later Italian prime ministers always favored the industrialized north at the expense of the agrarian south. It follows, then, that the expedition was based in northern domination of the south rather than any sense of nationhood. This is Gramsci's thesis. Now, let us shift our focus to the main primary source which is going to guide the secondary literature and our own historical inquiry on this topic, Francesco Crispi's memoirs. Memoirs is a series of journal entries and letters written by Francesco Crispi, a significant figure within the Risorgimento who took part in the Expedition of the Thousand. Given its origins, it offers values to historians as it is a direct insight into the ideas and events from the perspective of the Garibaldians. Moreover, given that it was Crispi's purpose to convey the Garibaldian ideology, the source is key in understanding what Garibaldi sought to disseminate to his supporters and to southern Italians. That said, Crispi was but a subordinate of Garibaldi. He is biased towards exalting Garibaldi's attentions and actions. Thus, due to the limitation within the origin of the source, the content cannot be relied upon for objective analysis. All that considered, we must ask, how does this primary source support or deny Gramsci's Marxist perspective? The answer to this, it supports Gramsci to some extent. For example, it contains the letters which form the basis of Gramsci's case, letters which incited the insurrections which led to the deaths and imprisonments of many southern laborers and peasants. Moreover, it explains how, for a year, the General Garibaldi's friends amongst the Sicilian emigrants had been urging him to postpone the action in Sicily for an indefinite period, and even as late as the 5th of May, several persons had asked to seek him to dissuade. This excerpt reveals that many of those involved with the Risorgimento were opposed to the idea of Garibaldi's expedition. It shows how Garibaldi was not necessarily acting on the popular idea of Risorgimento, but rather an idea of regional colonialism. This reinforces Gramsci's conclusion. Yet, again, Gramsci's perspective is not the sole one in this debate. There exists an opinion which holds Garibaldi's expedition in a far more positive light. Overall, the school is populated with liberals, who generally hold the Risorgimento to be a successful movement with minimal shortcomings. This school exists from the onset of the Italian kingdom, naturally in the political sense as it promotes stability and unity, and has persisted throughout the years as the mainstream recollection of events in Italy, far predating schools such as Gramsci's Marxist one. In regards to the question that we are examining today, this school of thought suggests that Garibaldi's expedition was in fact a key driver of Risorgimento and completely in line with its spirit. One emulation of this is Dennis Max Smith's essay, Cavour's Attitude to Garibaldi's Expedition. A leading historian on Risorgimento history, Smith's origins offer modern historians a sense of his value to us. Beyond his extensive tenure in studying modern Italian history, Smith is completely unbiased with Italian matters. He is not influenced by internal Italian sociopolitics to uphold a certain view of history. Likewise, the temporal origin, 1949 was the year of its publication, demonstrates that Smith benefits from hindsight. He can observe significant periods of time relevant to the Risorgimento in this southern question and have access to the historiography surrounding both of these ideas. Equally, with his purposes being academic, his writing can be confidently relied upon as more or less objectively true. The most significant limitation of Smith's otherwise commendable essay lies in the content's focus. His study exclusively considers intentions and not so much outcomes. Along with this, Smith avoids, intentionally or not, Gramsci's questioning of the tragedy of southern insurrections, 
a key idea within this discussion. With that established, Crispy's memoirs do support Smith's perspective as well. Though Gramscians can interpret the objections of Garibaldi's fellow Italian nationalists such as Cavour as the expedition not being in the spirit of the Risorgimento, Smith's writing adopts the idea that it was Cavour and other non-Garibaldian Italian nationalists who were diverging from the spirit of this movement. He uses Cavour's conflicting letters as proof of this. He suggests that, by the time of the expedition, European politics became more relevant for non-Garibaldians rather than Italian unification. The fact that Smith can draw an opposite conclusion from Gramsci, despite having access to the same evidence, forces us to reckon with the reality that primary sources are always read with the biases of individual historians. Both Gramsci and Smith are, to some extent, correct as per Christie's memoirs. By extension, the importance of considering all perspectives in historiographical debates becomes apparent. If we were to just consider either Marxist or liberal schools of thought, we would be reaching a conclusion that is only half considered and half developed. It is when and only when all sides of a matter are covered that an acceptable conclusion can be drawn. So that brings us to our conclusion. Now, what is the answer to our question? Did Garibaldi's expedition of the Thousand Castles Sorgimento as a movement of Northern Italian domination or Italian unification? While Smith does offer many defenses for Garibaldi's expedition, characterizing it as in line with the philosophy of the Risorgimento, and Garibaldi as one who stood faithful to the philosophy of the Risorgimento when others became fickle, Gramsci's admonishments ultimately bear more weight. The distinction is given to Gramsci today due to the fact that he substantiates, both qualitatively and quantitatively, the actual repercussions of Garibaldi's expedition and the Risorgimento as a whole, instead of merely considering intentions as Smith does. And so, we can assert that the Expedition of the Thousand, to an undeniable extent, can be considered a movement of Northern Italian domination instead of Pan-Italian unity. And with that, we shall conclude today's episode of Turning Back the Clock. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.